You know that every message that I've um, shared since 2019 has been with Richard, except for one on Zoom during, um, during the last lockdown. So yeah, I was hoping that if he wasn't here, because there's an awesome atmosphere when he plays, I was hoping there'd still be some atmosphere <laughs> when I spoke, but yeah. <clears throat> well, welcome to the Centre Church where Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, where we live our lives by the word of God, by the truth, and we're continually led by the Holy Spirit. Um, it's always an honour to serve in this house. It's always an honour to serve God. It's always an honour to serve the God that I love and the house that I love with the people that I love. And it's always an honour to serve a pastor that I love and a place that I love and a country that I love. You know, during the week, um, God really impressed upon me. I think it was God... I was getting all sorts of memories of growing up in this country. And whether you know it or not, we are incredibly blessed to be New Zealanders. We're blessed to live in this country. And I was blessed to be brought up in Upper Hutt. Some people may not see that as a blessing. It was a blessing. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with Richard. That was a blessing. I grew up in a household full of love. I grew up in a street that was full of kids. You know, there were heaps of families to connect with. You could play any sport, anytime, anywhere. That town was full of work. Every father had a job. Every mother just about had a job. It was just a great time to grow up, and it was a, it was a, it was a place where you could do whatever you wanted, surrounded by rivers and the hills and parks. And, and uh, you know, we live in a country that is fully resourced. We've got plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of fresh air. Despite what you hear about our clean green kind of image being eroded, everywhere I go is beautiful. You know, I go to the river, it's beautiful. I go to the beach, it's beautiful. I go up into the hills and it's beautiful. And so we are blessed to be New Zealanders. And here we are today standing in this church or sitting in this church, two minutes from the beach, sharing the word, sharing a time of worship together, being able to fellowship together. After this, we're going to freely do whatever we feel like doing within the law. But we should always remember that we're very blessed to be living in this country, despite what you might see, despite the circumstances of 2021. Um, we are incredibly blessed to live here. And that's not part of the message, but it was just something that God really impressed on me during the week. And if he reminded me, I'm guessing he wanted to remind you guys as well that we're very, very fortunate. And for those of you who chose to come to New Zealand, congratulations. <laughs> you are welcome. Oh, welcome. Uh, it's not the only beautiful country in the world, but man, we're lucky to be here. So anyway, on that note, uh, the title of my message is Courage to Stand. Courage not being the absence of fear, but being able to move forward despite how we're feeling. And I want to tell you this, that we are no longer the home team. We no longer have the home crowd support. If you are a Christian, if you believe in God, if you are a part of the body of Christ, we're no longer the home team. This country is no longer considers itself a Christian nation. When it detached itself from Israel, it made that statement. You know, there was a time when Christians, God, the body of believers were supported in schools, in workplaces, in your communities, in the society. It was supported in the government and even throughout the media. In 2021, we need courage to stand. 
If you are serious about living a lifestyle of worship, if you're serious about the things of God, if you are unwilling to compromise on the word of God, then you are becoming more and more isolated from the world. In fact, if you are serious about living a lifestyle of worship and you're serious about the things of God, if you are unwilling to compromise on the word of God, then you are becoming more and more isolated even within the church, within the body of Christ. You know, there are Christians today and there are going to be Christians coming in the future and churches who will so long for the home crowd support that they'll soften their stance, they'll water down the word and they will compromise on the word of God, on the truth. Let me tell you this, you're sitting in a church that will not do that. This church will not compromise the word of God. We won't water it down the word and we won't soften our stance. You know, Jesus has spoken about, in, in the book of Matthew, he was talking to the Pharisees. And they were asking him questions about God and about himself and about his disciples and about the word. And he said this uh, in Matthew 15, verses 8 to 9, and he said a lot in this one statement. He said, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. You know, if you read that, he, well, he says a lot whenever he talks, Jesus. <laughs> um, but he says a lot there, and he could be talking to the church of today. Now, I'm not trying to run down any particular church or any Christians. I'm just telling it how it is. This is the sign of the times that we're living in. And obviously it was happening back then too. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. They pay me lip service. They boast on the things that I do. They tell people that they know me, but they don't. But their heart is far from me. There's no connection with me. They don't understand me. They don't know me. There's no desire to have an intimate relationship with me. They don't love me. And then he goes on to say, And in vain they worship me. Without success or without result they worship me. Teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. So in other words, making up their own rules. Softening their stance. Watering down the word. Compromising the word of God to fit in with the day, to get back the home crowd support. Jesus was talking about it even back then. And we are seeing it today. You know, there's coming a time where Christians, individual Christians, you that are sitting here today, churches, including this church, are going to have to make a decision to have the courage to stand. To have the courage to stand up for God. To have the courage to stand up for his namesake. To have the courage to stand up for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Now I'm not telling you that time is here today. What I am telling you is that we are all going to have to make a decision sooner or later on when we have the courage to stand. You know, this is one of the most uncomfortable times to be a Christian. I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm just setting the scene. <laughs> it has become more and more uncomfortable to become a Christian. And I tell you this, I'm warning you, it is going to become more and more uncomfortable. And you will have to be courageous enough to make a stand for God and make a decision for God. You can watch your pastor. 
You know, you don't stand in a church for 35 years by compromising the word of God, by softening your stance. This church has been likened to a battleship, not a cruise liner. You're sitting in a battleship. <laughs> Anyone who gets seasick, <laughs> go to the back of the boat. That's the truth. You don't stand for 35 years without knowing how to stand and fight. And so what's your pastor for when the time is coming to make a decision? You know, there are people now talking about freedoms and rights, and, and I'm, I'm on board with that. I believe that our freedoms and rights are being eroded. I believe that that's happening all over the world. But I would challenge myself this way. To make a stand over freedoms and rights, I need to ask myself a few questions first. When's the last time I shared the gospel? Who's the last person I led to the Lord? How many families am I helping? How many families am I feeding? How many people am I counseling? How many young men am I mentoring? Where am I serving? How much of my time is dedicated to God? What am I doing with the freedom and the rights that I have right now? And so I believe that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. You know, Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, they spoke to God and saw a miracle happen. They were in prison. There are people in this room who have a prayer closet. A closet is like this big. And yet they're still causing God to move in this earth. And so whilst I'm with the freedom and rights thing, and I really am, and I believe we're coming up to a time to make a decision, we also have to check ourselves. Make sure we're still focused on what's right. Still focused on the priority, which is God. Still focused on leading people to the Lord, sharing the gospel. You know that the title of this message is Courage to Stand. And it's interesting because we're always looking for an encouraging message. The first part of my message has not been very encouraging at all. We've lost the hometown advantage. We're the visiting team. We're on the back foot. <laughs> You are never on the back foot if you serve God. There's never a time to be discouraged if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. The source of your encouragement is God. It's not what I say. The people who get up here try and be encouraging, but the source of your strength and your courage comes from God. It comes from the fact that when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, your sins were wiped away, freed of sickness and infirmity. There's never a time to be discouraged for us. God tells us, be courageous. He tells us, fear not, all the way through the Bible. You know, in Deuteronomy 31.6, God says this, or someone says this. I don't know if it was God. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Regardless of circumstance, regardless of if some guy gets up on a Sunday morning and says you're on the back foot, be strong and courageous, because your God never leaves you or forsakes you. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what 2021 throws at you. Be strong and courageous. Have the courage to stand. Be encouraged by God. David strengthened himself in the Lord. God will be with us wherever we go. When I get up in the morning, God's with me. When I jump in my car, God's with me. When I cross the tracks in Waikanae, God is with me. When I arrive at the gym, God is with me. 
Everywhere I go, God is with me. So why would I be discouraged? Why would I care what the reality of the day is and be fearful of it? This is a time to be encouraged and excited. Because if God is for you, who dare be against you? That's the truth, isn't it? In fact, in 2 Timothy 1.7, God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, uh, power and love and a sound mind. I've given you power, love and peace. I didn't even give you a spirit of fear. If you are feeling fearful or doubtful, it's not coming from me. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Look to God for your strength. Look to God for your courage. You know, anybody who stands up here and speaks is speaking to themselves. And so I'm a part of this as well. I know what's coming and I can see it coming. And there's going to be a time where I have to stand and be courageous. I'm just asking you to do it with me, that's all. You know, one of the stories of bravery in the Bible is a story of a lot of things, but David and Goliath is a story that um, really graphically shows the courage of someone because it, it, it pits big against small. And so it's really obvious the courage that David has in this situation. We all know the story. The scene is set. The Israelites are on one mountain. The Philistines are on the other mountain. And Goliath, the biggest of the Philistine warriors, the most fierce warrior, no doubt the most arrogant warrior, he's probably had battle after battle after battle, never lost. You can't even carry his sword in his armor, he's so big. Walks down into the valley and challenges Israel to single combat. Any of you want to come and fight me? Any of you want to come down here with your God and fight me with my gods? And we know the story, none of the Israelites were that keen. They did not have the courage to stand on that day. And David, uh, a shepherd boy, the youngest of his brothers, came down. No, I won't wear the armor. I don't need a sword. I'm just going to use my sling. I've killed lions and bears. This is just another mammal. This is easy for me because my God goes with me. Wherever I go, God goes. God tells me to be strong and courageous. Now remember, he wasn't looking at things through the cross. He had a personal relationship with God. He knew God. And I can imagine as he walked down there, I'm going to have to read this. I wish I knew it off by heart. But I can imagine as he walked down there to the valley, that he was saying under his breath, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. He strengthened himself in the Lord as he was walking down to fight Goliath. Walking down to Goliath that represented power and corruption and witchcraft and demonic, all of those things, the things that we're seeing in the world today, David walked down to face those. He had the courage to stand. And we know the story. Hit him in the forehead and took Goliath down. But it took courage to stand. Before that, there was no fight. There's coming a time where we're going to have to make a decision to stand or there'll be no fight. We'll just be overrun. 
And I'm not saying that you guys aren't standing now. I'm not saying that you're not doing everything you're supposed to be doing right now. What I'm saying is that there's going to be a time where we have to make a clear decision to stand. You know, we live in a world where um, our values are so far from what the world is teaching. The values of the world aren't even just far from us. They're far from a lot of people I know. You know, I've got a friend who um, sent me an email, copied me an email, and it was from her daughter's school. Her daughter's 12 years old, and it was about sex education. They called it sexual education. And there was stuff in there that is just... We have to teach our children. If we don't teach our children, someone else will do it, won't they? Nothing in that page lined up with our values. How to choose a gender. Those sorts of things on a piece of paper for a 12-year-old. And I know that's the way of the world, but it's not our way. And so we have to tell our children who they are before someone else tells them who they are. We have to tell ourselves who we are before someone else tells us who we are. Don't sit there and let someone else tell you who you are. Don't sit there and let someone else tell you what your values and your principles are. Because we serve the Most High God. We live by the Word of God and we are guided by the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. That's what we do. Tell your children they've been born into a royal priesthood. Tell them they walk on this earth as kings and priests, that they're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, that they've inherited the good things and the blessings of God. Luke 10.9 says this, that we have been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing can harm us. Tell them that they're more than conquerors, they're overcomers, they're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that they're blessed in the city and blessed in the field, they're blessed in their going out, and they are blessed when they come in. Tell your children that and tell yourselves that. We're different. We're different. We carry the DNA of God. You know that God has placed a unique and precious gift in every person in this room? You know, when people speak about spiritual gifts, some people say there's seven and there's nine and there's 13. God has placed a gift in every person in this room. A gift that you're meant to have that you're meant to have in this church because there are other gifts here that will complement your gift. And how do you tell if a gift is spiritual? If it's a God-given gift, it glorifies God, doesn't it? Your gift glorifies God. And usually it's something that you do easily. And so many of us are trying to find gifts that aren't ours. <laughs> That's how precious you are to God. He's downloaded a gift into your life that is going to help other people in this world further the kingdom of heaven on earth. You can't choose to stay out of the fight. You can't choose not to be courageous. For those of you who have been Christians for a long time, a long time, you've been around for a while, you have seen a lot of fights, you've fought a lot of battles, I know that. But the big one's coming. It's going to be time to make a decision. <laughs> good, good. I've never known you not to be enriched. 
That was one of Rich's gifts when he was young, is he was really tiny and runty. Nah, he wasn't. <laughs> he was runty compared to me because I was like... <laughs> but he was fearless in every situation. In every situation. It came natural to him. It's what God is telling us, be fearless. Fear not, man. I've got your back. Wherever you go, I go. I will never leave you and never forsake you. How many people in your life could tell you that? How many people in your life could say, I will never leave you and never forsake you and make it to the end of your life? I'm sure there are a few. But when God says it, he means it, and I believe him. And so I started by saying that there are going to be Christians and there are going to be churches who soften their stance, who water down the word, who are willing to compromise the word of God to fit in, to get the cheers of the crowd. And it's sad, but that's the truth. But God also wants to win the crowd. But by doing the opposite. By showing the crowd something different. By showing the crowd the truth. By showing them what real, unconditional love looks like. By showing them what grace looks like. By showing them his awesome power. By displaying his signs, wonders, and miracles. By healing people. By breaking through for people. By delivering people for things that they've suffered with for years and years, perhaps their whole life. God wants to win back the crowd. And so as we make a decision, we are continually called to the Great Commission. We are to go out into all the world and share the gospel with all creation, making disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's what we're going to do to win the crowd back for God. We're going to share the good news of God, the good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord, Savior, and Deliverer. And that's what we're going to do. You don't have to make a decision today, but I want to know that you want to make a decision. Does everybody understand that this is coming up? I can hear one person. This is not the time to stay quiet. Does everybody understand that there is coming a time where we, have to, we will have to decide to have the courage to stand? I want to be in the fight. I don't care if there's 10 of us against 1,000 in the spiritual realm, without God, I'm in. You know, I heard this from, uh, I read this online, and it was a church that said that they send out the air force before they send out the ground force. And so start praying. Start praying. We're meant to get out there and do things we are, but start praying. Pray against the strategies of the enemy. Pray against those strategies that have infiltrated every part of our society. Pray for your friends and family. Pray for them to get a revelation of Jesus Christ. Pray for the goodness of God to just splash down in their lives. The Holy Spirit to just flood this place. Not for us so we can buzz out, but so that people can be saved so that people can be healed. The world is looking for something different, and we are that different thing. 
We represent God on this earth. We are ambassadors for Christ. In fact, I was, I was thinking about the ambassadors for Christ thing, and I thought about the values of this church. And I thought, man, I wonder if I could, I could remember the values of this church. <laughs> I'm going to try. But I'm going to have to get some support from... <laughs> so it is uh, soul winning, the heartbeat of God. Uh, character, the foundation for success. Unity, united we stand. Uh, people of the word, life-changing word. People of the spirit, led and empowered. Excellence, ambassadors for Christ. Relevance, contemporary and progressive. And there's one other, eh? Community. What is it? People. Hey, oh. Hey, trust me to forget that one. Get out in the community, guys. I forgot about them. Community. People matter most. People matter most. Those are the eight values of this church. If you don't know them, learn them. I should probably learn them. I just want to tell you that um, you are in a good place. You're in a good church. And there are lots of good life-giving churches on this Carpety Coast. And we are one of them. And you guys are safe. The decisions that are made in this place will be at the right time in the right season. And it'll be done the right way with wisdom and with love. And um, yeah. Courage to stand, guys. Courage to stand. Okay. Well, that's enough of me. <laughs> um, Darcy. I was going to ask if someone else could lead. <laughs> ah, Darcy, come on, man. <laughs> man, give Darcy a hand. Darcy's been at this church for 14 years. And the worship team for... 12 years, 13 years? Yeah. There's a maturity that comes from leading worship over that amount of time and a closeness and intimacy to God that is um, hard to miss. This man is anointed. This band is anointed. Got the wonderful Richard Jarbo on stage today. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to listen to me murder the guitar today. <laughs> um, 